Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, May 12, 2020. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 156, the third paragraph, But Life Was Not Easy. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Diane B., Nancy P., Janet E., Sam S., and Sandy C., and our newcomer greeter will be Elizabeth D., followed by our host, Russ M., for the second unrecorded hour. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, May 11th, 2020, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 14,599, that's 14599, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 14,600, that's 14600. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Sam S. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. Thank you for your service. My name is Sam S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Bristol, Rhode Island. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. 
I will now ask for Sandy C. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Sandy. Thank you. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Excuse me. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you so much, Sandy. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature that stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And please try to avoid speaking on a speakerphone. Today, we resume our study in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 156, the third paragraph. And I'm going to ask for Diane B. to get us started. Go ahead, Diane. Good morning. This is Diane B., New Rochelle, New York. Thank you for the opportunity for service. Um, Okay, so, sorry. But life was not easy for the two friends. Plenty of difficulties presented themselves. Both saw that they must keep spiritually active. One day, they called up the head nurse of a local hospital. They explained their need and inquired if she had a first-class alcoholic prospect. So... Okay, life was not easy for Bill and Bob, 
and they knew that they had to keep spiritually active. Um, I know that I cannot stop this work. I can't afford to have laurels to rest on. It doesn't work that way, and I have tried, believe me. Um, I cannot stop this. I have to do the work. I have to work the steps. I have to practice the principles in all my affairs. Um, it's easier, of course, when I do practice principles with people in the fellowship, uh, but I have to learn how to do it in all areas of my life. Um, Bill and Bob called the hospital looking for a prospect. I don't do that. I go to meetings. I announce myself as an available sponsor. Um, there aren't always people looking for a sponsor, and there aren't always newcomers there or people who are willing to start doing the work. Um, but I'm always available for outreach, so any time people can text me or call me, and I'm there to speak with them or to text back. Um, you know, Bill and Bob called this hospital. They explained their need. It says they explained their need and inquired if she had a first-class alcoholic prospect. Their need was to pay it forward. Their need was to do this work and to share it with other with other um, suffering alcoholics. So, um, you know, I can't keep it unless I give it away. Um, and then after a while, it just became second nature for me, and I don't have to work as hard. At first, I was very um, nervous about finding a protege, finding someone I could sponsor or guide through this big book. Um, but then after a while, with practice, it just got easier and easier. And that's what happened with them. And then, of course, the next paragraph, we're going to find out how they got their first real meeting. Fortunately, today, we have meetings. We don't have to do this groundwork. It's been done for us. And I'm really grateful that it has been. I'm grateful that we have um, uh, the experience of the first 100 people in this book and then, of course, all the millions that have come afterwards. So I think that my takeaway from this is really that I cannot stop doing this work. Every day I have to do steps 10, 11, and 12. I have to uh, do outreach with people. I have to speak with other people. Um, and I have to be willing to learn. I have to be willing to see what, what my higher power brings to me and what messages and what lessons I can get from that. Um, thank you for allowing me to do service. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Diane B., for getting us started. Okay, so we're going to take names and numbers of those who would like to share. And we ask that, although we very much value your experience, if you haven't shared, if, if you've shared in the last three days, if you could please let others go first, that would be wonderful. Who would like to share what was read? Katie G. Jordan Austin. Chuck K. Katie G. Chuck S. Nancy P. Nancy P. There was Linda someone before. Adam. I think it was Janet. Somebody. Janet. Janet. That was Kim. E. Janet E. Kim G. Kim G. Lynn S. Lynn S. I could take one more. Okay, great lineup. Katie G, Chuck S, Nancy P, Janet E, Kim G, and Lynn S. Okay, Katie G, go ahead. Good morning, Amy. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic, and Bulimic. You know, um, I remember the first time I went through the work. Um, I've been recovered, God willing, uh, four and a half years for today. Um, the first time I did the work over 10 years ago, I, I, I had done all these amends 
and I felt the miracle, right? I even my ego went on a trip, a car trip far away. And I was like, I'm exactly like Dr. Bob. I am him going out on my trip to make all these amends, how fantastic I am. And then my character defects started coming back. And I remember snot nose messy crying because I was calling a friend and I was like, hey, I, I did the work. I'm recovered. Uh, where's my stuff? Like I've been through enough. Come on, let's, let's get, get it going. And, you know, over the years, what I've realized is when I, when I hit 10, you know, that's the, when the work begins. And I, I just love that it says, I must keep spiritually active. And, you know, sometimes I hear people say the spiritual part of the program. Let's talk about that. What's a spiritual part of the program? This entire program is based in God and finding a relationship with God. Whether I'm weighing and measuring, whether I'm identifying the foods, ingredients, and behaviors that I try to control, whether I'm doing inventory, um, and, and oh my gosh, you mean my darkest path can help others? There is no spiritual part of the program. You know, and I remember when I first started sponsoring, I'm like, well, I didn't even, it didn't even cognitively occur to me that God would be part of that process. Now, I don't know how God could not be part of it. I've been 228 pounds and 110 pounds, and that is only because I've been stare, I've stared down the face of death with anorexia and bulimia and exercise bulimia and living my whole life believing my primary purpose was to get thin and get a man and be okay, right? And now, what? God has somehow, through the process of entire abstinence and these 12 steps, has somehow picked me up, put me on new soil, and my darkest path, my telling you that I used to throw up, my telling you that I could never get through a day without exercise, that could save you? Oh my gosh, if that's not a miracle, if that's not a presence, uh, the presence of God, if you go through the first 164 pages, anytime it identifies you have a problem, guess what? You're the problem. Do the inventory, help others. You're the problem. Do the inventory and help others. And I got to ask myself, am I getting stuck on the second part of step 11? You're saying, okay, well, I'm going to find God through meditation and prayer. I'm going to go deeper with that. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. We got to help others, right? So like, am I getting stuck on, on tons of meetings and not helping others? Am I getting stuck in self-care or am I helping others, right? My primary purpose today is to stay abstinent and to help other women. This is the gift that God has given me. And for today, I get to walk shoulder to shoulder with all of you and I get to access God when I'm right with his kids and to do his work, these 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Perfect timing. Okay, thank you so much, Katie G. Chuck S., you're up. Hey, good morning, and it's actually Chuck K., not Chuck F., but that's okay. Oh, okay, thank you, Chuck. And I'm, I'm kind of a simple person, and not to put myself down, but just that it is what it is. And I heard it once explained to me to, to look at, at God and what God gives me as a, as a bank account. And so what I'm asking and what I've found in the steps is a, is a higher power that has filled my bank account. It's almost an unlimited supply of forgiveness. And so I found that through the steps. I remember my first sponsor telling me that I had to change my conception of God. Coming from a religious background, that was really scary for me. But one of the things that I realized is I needed that unlimited account. I had done so much in my mind. I had told myself so many lies that I wasn't able to see the world as it is. And now that I've gone through the steps and I've had a better understanding of this 
higher power and I'm developing that relationship, my job now is to be spiritually active, as the big book says. And that's what I do. I have this unlimited bank account. Now I get to write checks to everyone around me. And I don't ever have to worry about that bank account getting overdrafted, spending too much money. It doesn't happen because every day I let God in to replenish that account. So it doesn't matter what anyone does around me. When I'm in program, I'm able to say, God, this is not for me. This is for you. I am going to write this check, and I'm going to let it be. And that's my part. I forgive the person. I look for where I'm at fault, because if I'm disturbed, there is something within me that I need to look at. And then I write that check, and I'm done with it. And if I've made an amend, if I've, if I've done harm, I make that amends or do what I need to do, and I move on to look for other people I can write that check to. But for me to have that limited account, I have to have that relationship with God. I have to know that God is going to forgive me for anything. And then that means that I have to do the same. That is what I do. I'm a check writer all day, every day. And I need to be as free with those checks as God has been with replenishing that account that those checks are paid from. And uh, I just had that on my mind today, so I'm thankful to be able to share it, and I'm thankful for OA. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chuck K. Nancy P., you're up. Hi, thanks for letting me share. This is Nancy P. calling in from West Newton, Massachusetts. Um, But life was not easy for the two friends. Plenty of difficulties presented themselves. Both saw that they must keep spiritually active. So those sentences are um, just what I've gotten out of my um, spiritual experience. I have friends. I have still have difficulties. But the solution is just keep spiritually active, as others have said. Um, you know, I. it's not like I didn't have friends, but now I'm able to make new friends um, in the program especially and um, and outside like my relationships are much easier but as, I, as I've said before I, I tell I can't remember what I tell my sponsors and what I share on the line my life is like a popular nightclub the problems are there's a waiting line to get in and as soon as one of them gets solved it's like you know the bouncer says okay you next five you can come in and um But the good news is, because I do exactly what it says in this book, exactly in the order that it says, I do every single thing that my sponsor told me to do and others now that I've, you know, that I talk to when I need advice or feedback, I do everything that I'm told. And um, I know my problems don't own me anymore at all. Um, You know, I came, the problem that defeated me was my, 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 precious daughter was cutting and burning herself and she no longer does that um and i'm really grateful for that but um you know i used to eat if i forgot to pick up the dry cleaning never mind that you know and um and today i the one problem that's that's left my popular nightclub is i don't eat compulsively and um if that's all that i would have gotten from this it would have been way more than enough but um, I got so much more. Um, and today, um, my, the joy of my life is being of service to other people. 
on the phone and sponsoring, you know, on the phone when people call me sort of, you know, one-offs or they call me and they approach me. I I love it. And I always say, save my number, call me anytime. I'm so glad you called because nobody ever, it felt like nobody ever did that in, in sort of open OA. I, you know, I'd take my courage in both hands and approach somebody and they'd be like, who are you? Where, where do you sit? What do you look like? And, you know, it was embarrassing. And today, you know, when I when I first started calling people in vision, I I met dogs that wanted to go for walks less than these people wanted to talk to me. And so I felt embraced. And um and so that's what I do. I try to do pay it forward and, and embrace other people. And I have to say that yeah, it's work. Yeah, it takes a lot of time. Yeah, it's inconvenient, all of it. But as I once heard at a meeting, it doesn't take time, it makes time. And with that I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy P. Janet E., you're up. Go ahead, Janet. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Janet E., recovered in Ecuador. And um, great to be on the line today. And this is such a simple paragraph, but, and I have so much respect for, you know, here's this fledgling AA before it's even called AA. There is no book. The steps are not fully formed as we know them today. Um, there's Bill and Bob, you know, and they know one thing. They they know a little bit about their disease, and they know what the solution is, and they know they have to keep spiritually active. That's about all they know. There's no traditions. There's no, I mean, there's so little structure to this, and I'm just so impressed by the length that they go to. They call up the nurse of the hospital that's what they had to do then um and it just informs me about just just what it took to bring this program of recovery you know completely packaged with a bow on it right into onto my doorstep laid at my feet i just have to pick it up and we do we really do stand on the shoulders of giants and um so i do have a responsibility as Dr. Bob said, you know, to pass it on, you know, it's responsibility um, to to give what was so freely given to me. And for me, that looks like we see the word must. So I always pay attention to the must, but I have to stay connected to the work. And so there's different forms. And how do I stay spiritually active? Well, I, I, I have a ritual in my life for connecting to higher power, um, for taking time for prayer and reflection. Um, I'm in the book just about every single day with sponsees. And I find that if there's a day where that doesn't happen or it's a day where I'm not speaking to sponsees, I miss it. And it's like, oh, wow, I kind of wish I saw, I wish I was reading today with somebody. Um, and, and we have thousands of people in our, our list of our meeting that we can call. And we have newcomers numbers given to us daily. I just got to pick up the phone and call. <laughs> so it's so uh, it's so um, easy for me, like it was not for them. And so I just am so grateful that, you know, for what we've been given, and I continue to delve into the history of this program. I love to read books about the, the, how the big book was written and, and the books uh, that, that tell us the history of this program and exactly all the struggles it took to get us to this moment. And so I just have so much respect for it. It's so timeless. It, it, it's as relevant in 1938, nine, then and, and then it is today in 2020 for me, and I get to, I get to unpack this 
with people and we see how it, it just speaks to us and comes to life today. So I'm really grateful that I get to be in service to others because before I was recovered, I didn't really want to. And why didn't I want to? Because I didn't have a message. <laughs> I hadn't had a spiritual awakening. I didn't have, uh, I wasn't able to carry the message. Um, so that's how I know something shifted um, for me when I got, re- when I, when I gratefully say I'm recovered today, I have a desire to help others. And that just comes from God. You know, it just comes from being willing to do the work. So great to be on the line today, everybody. Have a great day. I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Janet. Kim G, you are up. Hi, this is Kim. Did you say my name? I was unmuted. I'm sorry. I did. Please go ahead. Okay, thanks. Sorry. Sorry about that. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I've been recovered since January 2011 and must keep spiritually active. So much for those suggestions, right? You know, um, I hope this doesn't come off mean, but, you know, I talk to a lot of people. I work with a lot of people. Talked to a lot of people that have relapsed, and I have never talked to anyone who has been actively engaged in 10, 11, and 12 that has relapsed. And that's what keeps me driven into the work. You know, the big book works 100% of the time if we work it 100% of the time. This text does not say that we mostly stay spiritually fit. You know, I know one of the things that has surprised me over these last nine years is the number of people who relapse when things are going well. Because if things are going well and you're getting your way, who needs God? You know, 10-11 is often thought of as a 911 call. Well, by that time, the tragedy is already happening. You know, when people call me and they're restless, irritable, and discontent, and I say, well, where are you in your steps? And they say, well, I'm living in 10, 11, and 12. I have to tell you, often not only are they not doing it, they can't even describe what 10, 11, and 12 is. You know, some common fallacies I, I hear in the fellowship, which I know was my experience as well before I really did these directions, was step 10 was at night. Well, if step 10 is only at night, that means during the day I'm in restless, irritable discontent, and I am at risk for, the, for picking up. You know, step 11, when I hear people they ask me about that, well, I've said the serenity prayer, I've done a gratitude list, I need my religious practices. Those are all wonderful things, but that is not step 11. There are specific instructions about a morning routine, evening routine, and pausing throughout the day. When I ask about sponsoring, they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I ask them what that looks like, it's often they describe being a diet buddy and being a life coach, not helping people through the steps. So I have to tell you, one of the things that I I like to do is pages 60 to 63 describe life when I'm in the bondage of self. So I'll use that as part of my step 11 to see how much off the beam I am. During this time of a global pandemic, am I living in pages 60 to 63, or am I living in pages 85 to 88? During this pandemic, I hear so many people talking about, I need to practice self-care, I need to practice self-love. So often by society standards, that's being consumed by self, which is my problem. Am I, am I helping others? Am I, am I reaching out? You know, I hear people are on Zoom meetings 24-7, and that's just soaking stuff in. Who are you helping? Who are you helping during this time? You know, they said they explained their need. Page 28 talks about the desperation of a drowning man. I have that in my ninth year of absence, that desperation to do this work. And I'm just going to end with this. I am convinced of two things at this moment. Number one, I'm experiencing permanent recovery because I am grounded in 10, 11, and 12. But I'm also equally convinced if I stop doing this work, 
I'm three or four days away from a relapse because those thoughts will return and I will eat again. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim. All right, Lynn S., you're up, and then we're going to take a few more names. Good morning. My name is Lynn S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And I was, uh, I'm going to share on the same thing because it was my experience. Both saw that they must keep spiritually active. Spiritually active? You bet. Wow, isn't Marianne Williamson wonderful? Let me take a few hundred of her courses. Sign up for a few things. Let's follow her around. And then Joyce Meyer's not too bad either. That's great. I'm going to do that. So then I would do that. I even went to Bible College in Missouri because that was the next thing that I was doing because you have to keep spiritually active. It says so right here. And I would distract myself by running hither and yon, this Bible study, that Bible study, this church, that church. I was spiritually active, no doubt about it. But it says in Bill's story, for if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life, not by running around and doing all the stuff I was doing, but through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. That didn't interest me. I was busy with Marianne Williamson. I was busy with Emmett Fox. I had things to do. I had these Bible studies to do or levitate or whatever else that was that I was doing. I am a great distractor of myself, and I run full bore down the wrong path so often in the name of recovery. I am so grateful that we belong to a meeting that stresses paragraph by paragraph the actions that we need to take in order to recovery. There is no mystery here. It's right here on the pages. It doesn't need Lynn S.'s interpretation. What Lynn S. needs to do is do what it says in the book. I'm so grateful we had this meeting and that we have this amazing text to recover. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lynn S. Okay. So now we're going to take some names and numbers. Again, if you haven't shared in the last three days, we'd love to hear from you. Gary D. Gary G. Mary Beth S. Sigrid S. Sigrid. Holly Q. Nancy F. Nancy F. Yvette L. Yvette L. Rod I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't hear whoever that was. That was Roz G. Roz G. And I'm Mary Beth S. I'm sorry, I didn't know if you got that. Yes, I got Mary Beth. I did. I do. All right, so here's the lineup. We have a great lineup here. Gary, or Gary, I think it's Gary G. Mary Beth S., 
Sigurd F, Nancy F, Yvette L, and Roz G. All right, go ahead, Terry. Gary, oh, can, can, I did. Uh, am I unmuted? Uh, I good morning, everybody. Uh, I'm recovering. Compl- you can't hear me? I can. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm a recovering compulsive eater in Miami. My name is Gary D. And um, uh, what I really liked about this paragraph was they talked about being spiritually active. And what they meant by spiritually active isn't like they meditated more. Like, like, like if you're stealing my car, I don't care how much time you spent in meditation that morning. You know, by spiritually active, they were talking about behavior and doing things. And I have to say, I'm, re- I'm really grateful. I've been in, uh, you know, I was listening to a speaker and I said, people don't just show up at meetings. I mean, there's all kinds of ways. Like, I, I was really fortunate when I came in, I just fell in with a group of people who were active in bringing compulsive eaters into the fellowship. And um, I've been on the PIPO committee, uh, both in my intergroup and that region. And, uh, uh, and there's all kinds of things we can do. Like, like the, the same way Bob and Bill called Sister Ignatius and said, how do we, you know, do you have an alcoholic we can find? I've made several hospital calls in, in, my, in my time of recovery, and they've always really uh, uh, enhanced my, re- my recovery. Uh, my early in recovery, uh, when I came in, the only book we had was the Brown book, the story book. And I was part of a committee that um, that was trying to get that book into all the libraries in our county. And uh, and uh, it was a tough job because getting people, you know, to libraries to take a book with the word God in it isn't as easy as you would think. And um, and, and the committee was really uptight. We had all kinds of, uh, you know, how service work goes. Sometimes it's smooth and sometimes it's not. And it wasn't. But like five years later, I was at a meeting and some woman, newcomer, was sharing about how she couldn't stop puking. And she was puking 12 times a day and uh, uh, couldn't stop, couldn't stop, was looking for help, and then went to her library and found the Brown Book. And, and all that stuff changed for me. You know, there's, there's still, you know, keeping our, uh, just keeping a meeting list online is uh, a remarkable service. And, you know, right now, because of the money we throw into our seventh edition, there's a, a uh, compulsive eater in New Zealand who's, who's finding a meeting list. I just want to say, like, it's not just waiting for people to walk into the door and say, hi, I'm here, help me. Um, there's all kinds of ways of doing what Bill and Bob did. And and, um, and that, to me, is spiritually active more than I, – I do pray and meditate every day. But um, my real spirituality comes from trying to do what I can to, to, to help the compulsive eater who still suffers. Thank you for letting me preach. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gary. Okay, Mary Beth, you're up. Hey, thanks so much for your service, and I appreciate all the shares. This is Mary Beth S. and Sam in South Bend, Indiana. Good morning, everybody. A couple things. Uh, One is the difference between um, spiritually active and spiritually fit, Um, or maybe not the difference, but You know, I can get caught up in spiritual, being spiritually fit. Well, I'm spiritually fit or I'm not spiritually fit. And then I start questioning what the hell spiritually fit means. And I realize that for me, when I hear spiritually fit, there's a cockiness about it. And this is just how I'm hearing it. But then on the other side, there's Mary Beth going, yeah, well, I'm not spiritually fit, so I can't you know, fill in the blank of being spiritually 
active and spiritually active does not mean that Mary Beth or anybody else has to be perfect. We all have the right to be flawed, but it means doing my best. And like um, I think Nancy said, um, you know, showing up at meetings and announcing my availability when I'm available to sponsor whatever. Um, So I really appreciate that. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about um, was really, I guess, pointing to folks or going to folks who might be newer in the program. And I'm still new in OA. Um, But um, this notion that um, self-care you know, not wanting to get stuck in self-care or any of these things. But I think we're all, we got, we have to be where we are, you know. So for folks who have been in the program for a long time and they have really super solid recovery and, and all of that, yeah, resting on our laurels is is not a good thing. But for those of us who are newer in the program, you know, I just need to do what is best for me. And if that means, you know, going off and being with Marianne Williamson, that's what that means. And that's absolutely okay. And all of those things that I do to discover and recover, I have to do, you know, um, and, and yes, I don't want to get stuck in, in that because then that becomes self-indulgent. Um, but I don't want to ever tell somebody that this is, you know, that they have to, I don't know. I, I think my point has been clearly made. I just, I just want to, uh, just be, I just want to stay aware of how my words might affect um, a newcomer. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you so much, Mary Beth. Sigrid, you're up. Please go ahead, Sigrid F. Thanks, Amy. This is Sigrid F. in South Florida. And I think what I really, what struck me about this paragraph is related more to step 12. And that they, that you must, you know, we must, I must work my step 12, which as beautifully described earlier, is not necessarily just about sponsoring, but I must work step 12 if I am to remain sober, if I am to remain abstinent. And I think for my ego, it's sometimes it has been easy to get caught up in the accolades, you know, that come because people often are grateful. And so it might, might start to inflate my ego. And I have to be really conscious of that balance in that particular character defect, just to remember that it's not about altruism and it's not about me being so great. It's really about me staying abstinent. And it's more of a selfish act in a way than it is an altruistic one because if I don't do it, I'm going to lose it. So that's really the message that I think I wanted to share today. I, I, it's, it's okay to work the steps, working the steps is the way to get the result. Um, and we, and in order to work them, you know, sometimes you got to be a little selfish to do that, right? So that's it. That's my message for today. I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Sigrid. Nancy F., you're up. Please go ahead. 
Nancy? Nancy S, you still there? All right, well, Nancy, if you get back on. Can you hear me? Oh, now I can. Okay, yes, I'm Nancy from Memphis, uh, Malemic. Um, I like the reading this morning. I just needed, uh, had a good day yesterday, and I just needed to state that I am bulimic, and I do need everybody's help. Thank you. Thanks for leading the meeting. Thank you, Nancy. If you hang out for the second unrecorded hour, there's an opportunity to connect with people at the end of the hour. So please stay with us. We'd love to help in any way that we can. All right. Thank Yvette. you. Uh, good morning. Okay. This is Yvette, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Can you hear me? Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, I really love, um, you know, this uh, paragraph. And I know that, you know, when the word must is used um, in the big book, um, you know, that's a really strong, strong, strong recommendation. And it uh, says that I must uh, remain spirit spiritually active. Um, and I'm so grateful for um, this really healthy OA meeting. Um, you know, when I first started to work with my big book sponsor, um, she made it very clear, you know, because I've, you know, I've been in OA a long time, had, you know, lots of relapses. She said, if you don't want to relapse, um, you got to keep giving it away. You got to do 10, 11, and 12. And I'm so, so grateful, one, that I was um, open-minded enough to listen to what she was uh, sharing, um, and that I heard that message that um, in order to keep um, grounded in this work, somebody um, earlier on the line talked about permanent recovery because, you know, I'm staying grounded in the work. Um, I'm so glad that she stressed that, um, and I'm glad my sponsor did as well um, because without that, um, this time that we're in right now would look very, very different for me. I know that, um, you know, I'm not able to work, but I did find some some new work, um, but I'm still uh, grounded in the work. I picked up a couple of extra uh, sponsees because I had more time. I'm grateful that I, you know, had the willingness to, you know, call newcomers. I've been jotting down phone numbers for a long time and, you know, calling people that uh, announced themselves a while back and some that are in relapse and some that are working the program. Um, but I'm doing what I can, and I'm so grateful that I stay grounded in this work because it's given me a life that I never would have anticipated. So thanks for letting me share my pass. Thank you so much, Yvette. Okay, Roz G, to your turn. Good morning. My name is Roz G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Palmdale, California, and um, I am in my 10 month of abstinence, um, last July I got abstinent after 15 years of relapsing off and on. And um, I'd like to also talk about this little, this paragraph Ooh. in sections as, thank you, uh, this mm -hmm. in sections as, as in my life today. Life was not easy. Okay. In the past few months, I've had five friends. Two of them died, three of them died the other has cancer. And I mean, uterine cancer and breast cancer have affected five of my friends, except for one who committed suicide. Two of them have died. And I didn't think, you know, I would say before, this, this you know, I would have 
I would have um, like held this inside of me, but I have been doing 10 steps on this. You know, it's, 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 it's bothering, it bothers me. You know, my friends are going and I had to send 10 steps or talk, either send them through text message or talk them out with people because it, it bothers me. So no, life's not easy. And I have remained abstinent through this. And then it says that, oh, I must keep spiritually active. So I looked up active. It is engaging in energetic purposes. So I I have a vegetable garden in my backyard, and I'm an avid gardener. I just love gardening. And in order to grow healthy vegetables, I must remain active. I must water them. I have a sprinkler system, but I really love getting out there and watering them. So I turn on the water. I have I have fertilizer, and I gently fertilize them. I pick the weeds. I talk to them, too. I gauge the weather and the rising of the moon and all that kind of stuff. And they grow. And for me, as, speaking, as keeping spiritually fit, I set an alarm to call my sponsor because I was getting really lax with that. And my sponsor uh, kind of like called my attention to it. Well, I'm here. What about you? Is this important to you? Yes. So I have to set my alarm to make sure that I wake up. I have to like prepare the night before as if I was going to work. You know, sometimes uh, when I go to work, I'll I'll pick out what I'm going to wear. I'll get my lunch ready and have it in the fridge. Well, I have to get my, my place ready for for my prayer and meditation, and for these meetings. You know, I get my big book close by and the closet ready. I kind of I have a place where I pray. Oh, dear. Okay, I'll wrap up by saying that um, this is a need. It is not a want. I have to do it in order to get the results, and I've remained abstinent. Thank you. I pass. Thank you. Okay, so we have time for a few more. Two, maybe three. Who would like to share? Elizabeth P. Elizabeth P. Blanca, Blanca B. Linda D. Blanca P. And there was someone before Shelly. I missed. Linda D. Linda D. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure who I'll get that third person, that fourth person in. So just hold. Let's see how we go. Uh, Elizabeth C, Blanca P, and Linda D. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Hey, yeah, thanks for letting me share. Elizabeth P from Delaware. Um, I just I love this reading as an example of of desperation and willingness. Um, you know, this program has made it so easy for me, and still, there's sometimes resistance around just doing the small things. And here they are calling a hospital, going after, you know, really seeking somebody that they can get out there and help. And all I have to do is make some calls every day, you know. Um, And, of course, I can do more. um, And it would serve me, I'm sure. But if there's resistance against even those small things, how how willing am I? Am I really willing to go to any lengths for this? Um, And where in my daily practices Am I showing resistance? What am I pushing up against? You know, how badly do I really want this? 
And am I willing to go to these lengths that they've modeled here? Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Oh, thank you so much, Elizabeth. All right, Blanca P, go ahead. Hello, good morning. This is Blanca B. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Hi, uh, good morning. Thank you so much uh, for your service. And, and uh, I just wanted to uh, contribute, and that is uh, I had kind of an aha moment yesterday when, <clears throat> you know, since this pandemic began, all I, I, I just refused to accept it. I, I kept on every day was a struggle. Why is this happening? And all and, and anger and fear and and then it dawned on me that I just need to accept it. And that's what OA is so much of a part of what OA is is about that. Acceptance of the way things are. And and then staying spiritually fit like it said in the paragraph today, and understanding that problems are going to develop. But the most important thing for me has been to, my aha moment yesterday was absolutely acceptance. Acceptance of the way my life is today, what is happening today, and not to blame myself. Because as an addict, my tendency is to blame myself. This bad thing is happening because of something I did. You know, it's my fault. I mean, I will find a way to make anything my fault. But if I can continue to accept what's happening in my life and in the world and stay <clears throat> spiritually fit as, this, as I can, I will get through it through the grace of the program. And that is, and on that I will pass. Thank you so much, Blanca. Linda D., please go ahead. Linda, did you ask for, one? Did you ask for Linda D.? I did. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Asleep no, at the fine. switch. No, okay. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Meriden, Connecticut. Wow, this is a very loaded uh, paragraph for me. The spiritually active um, phrase. Um, if I walked in the door, when I walked in the door a long, long time ago, uh, oh, and I'm recovered. Wow. That's a big wow. Uh, quite a while now, six years and several months. Um, okay. But it's today, in the middle of an epidemic. And I, I've got the same choice today as I had when I came in and I just know a little bit more through, you know, trial and error and a lot of failure and stuff. It's the same thing. I'm here in this program of OA and also AA because I'm self-destructive. And part of it is uh, physical. It's, uh, you know, metabolic. It's brain chemistry. It's not going anywhere. Okay. And then there's the other part, all the thinking and the beliefs that are all distorted. I'm lucky. I fell apart when I was really young, like 22 or so. And I'm not 22 anymore. And this program really works. And so how do I know? Well, I'm in the middle of an epidemic and I never had it so good. And that is despite really painful problems. Because life unfolds. And sometimes 
what happens is really scary, whether it's personal friends that somebody was mentioning or, you know, something global or whatever it is. It's my feelings and my reaction to it. So the thing of it is Bill and Bob, well, especially Bill starting out, had a massive spiritual experience. I was not that lucky, not lucky, I was not in that position. These steps gave me a massive spiritual experience. And it doesn't look like that. It doesn't sound like that. I was an atheist, so believe me, I had to row the boat really hard. But these steps work. And now I have a glowing, beautiful relationship with a higher power that's inside me and you. So I feel grounded in the middle of terrible stuff. And that's what we're describing. We're describing a a healing, a loving healing from a higher power. Using all these basic things. And then you can, if you wish, go on to the fancy stuff. So I pass. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Linda B. All right, I have time for exactly one two-minute share. I know there was someone I missed there, that fourth person. Would you like to share? Yes, this is Shelly CR. Shelly, please go ahead. Thank you. Uh, good morning. I'm very grateful to be here. And this, par- this paragraph um, reminds me of when I first started in the program. And I remember hearing about, um, you know, it's simple but not easy. Um, And that was definitely my experience. And my sponsor was great about, like, laying things out and really simplifying things for me when I would call and I would be caught up in all of my emotions and all the struggles and all these things. And she would really just bring it down to the core and simplify it. Um, And that was so helpful for me to be able to do and then learn from that, um, which brought me then in connection, stronger connection with my higher power or in connection at that time because I didn't have any. but it brought me in connection with my higher power. And I also then experienced, so I had four years of food neutrality, and then I also experienced that part about I moved to a different country, I lost my home group, I, everything changed, um, and all of my spiritual practices, my talking with my higher power, the concrete things that I did, but anything related to spiritual activity fell to the wayside so easily. and. Everything changed. Everything reverted back. Um, And so I've had that experience. I know that I need to keep spiritually active. And I love, you know, the fact that in this paragraph, they talk about calling up the head nurse, going to the local hospital. Um, You know, I think about with groups and trying to, you know, let people know that I sponsor. And that's what that looks like. But um, more recently, I've been thinking about, like, going into a local prison and trying to kind of figure out like other ways of getting the message out there and what are things that I can do. And, you know, things, and I don't know, um, but some of those things kind of seem a little bit scary to me. But again, I need to turn all of that over to my higher power and I need to let the plan happen as it will and I'm not in control and there are steps that I can take. So I'm just very grateful to be here, very grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater here in Minnesota. And um, with that, I will pass. Perfect timing. Okay, thank you so much, Shelly. I'd like to thank everyone shared. Uh, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. 
The share ID for today, Tuesday, May 12, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for You meeting is 14,605. That's 14605. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy P. please read A Vision for You? Sure. Nancy P. from West Newton, Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. Great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.